Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise from today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. At Content Allies, we turn you and your organization into industry thought leaders. We interview you and your leadership team and then turn those interviews into articles, white papers, videos, podcasts, and social content. Learn more and say hello at contentallies.com. I'm your host, Jake Jorgovan, and today we have a great guest on the show. Today we have Vanessa Dewey of Mattel Inc., which is the famous toy company. Vanessa is lead of development and creative experiences. And so in this interview, she's actually going to tell us all about what that means and how she came about to basically creating that position and filling this need at the company. And she's going to share a lot more about her career trajectory and just everything she's done to get to the point where she is today. So I know you guys are going to get a ton of value out of this interview. All right. Now, with all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into this interview with Vanessa Dewey. All right. So Vanessa, for everyone out there who doesn't know you or what it is that you do, can you just give us the, the quick background? <laughs> that is a, that's a loaded question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, up until about six months ago, I was an art director in branding and packaging at Mattel. But about six months ago, I had the opportunity of taking a new role that sort of leveraged some of my passions as a creative. Um, as a creative, I've always been one that I don't feel like I need to be in a certain box. It's always evolving. I always want to push beyond. And if, with my career trajectory, it definitely embodies that. So about six months ago, I had an opportunity to go into this role that's more of a cultural entity with the roots in learning and development, hard skills, but trying to find ways of educating, inspiring, and connecting people in non-traditional ways to help elevate and let and have them grow as creatives and hopefully make an impact within our culture too. Nice. That's incredible. So it seems like it's almost like a leadership role and to try to build the culture of creativity or? I, I, I'm a part of something. I have a wonderful boss who actually <laughs> is, because this role actually has rolled into HR. Shocking. Okay. It, yeah. But, um, but so I have an amazing boss who deals with um, change management and she's also very, even though she's in HR, she has a great creative mind. She's always like looking and beyond and planting seeds. So we are a nice, I think as our, 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 global director or global VP said the dynamic duo. So like, it's great. We're both figuring out what we're doing because I don't even have a title technically. I guess I call myself that if you see my signature, I say lead of development and creative experiences. She's still figuring out her thing too. So it's, it's very fun, especially in a corporate world and in-house, which were so traditional having like set titles and all. It's nice to have this opportunity as yeah. a creative. Definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I'm curious, I want to dive more into that role in a bit, but I'm curious before we dive into that, how did you get to where this is now? Like what was the career trajectory, the path that even led you to Mattel? And I believe you've been at Mattel for about eight years now. Actually just turned my ninth anniversary was beginning of April. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with like pre-Mattel. What did that journey look like till uh, when you started working with them? Okay. So pre-Mattel, I, once I finished up my BFA in New York, um, I went to SUNY Purchase. Um, I actually took a couple months off or no, actually a year off from design. And when my first job, I actually, when I was in LA, ended up being in-house. It was an in-house, uh, travel publication just to get my feet wet, had a year contract and it was great. I didn't, didn't click. Oh, I'm in-house. Um, <laughs> and then I actually 
didn't really follow into packaging and branding and um, a CP company that quickly. I actually ended up doing interning for April Griman, um, one of my uh, uh, designers I looked up to and uh, like studied in art school. So she was like an idol of mine. So I had, took That's, that opportunity. That must have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny too. She's um, since she's in LA still. Like it's like uh, it's amazing. Like we'll do. She's it's evolved into a nice friendship. So it's great. It's a nice design community in LA. So it's, it's great to have been brought, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't be in that community really. So it's nice. Um, let's say I can talk to her now. At first I was speechless. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I, uh, where did I go? I actually ended up just doing stuff in like marketing communication, going into environmental wayfinding and signage at a, um, a company. And then I, a recruiter was like, would you like to have an interview at Mattel about, early 2008, I said, sure. I never thought of it. But the one thing, it was for packaging and branding. And the one thing I always, for some reason, it's really eerie. Uh, one of a close family friend who was like an uncle went to SVA, School of Visual Arts. And he always told me, get packaging on your CV. Because it is a beast. Not everybody can do packaging. So I don't know why. And also to uh, on my sophomore crit, because um, a lot of times in art school, you have to do like a, some like a sophomore crit so you can stay in the program or... Um, I had to do a little write-up, and it's like, what do you want to do when you, you know, after you leave the college and all? And I, for some reason, every time I want to do packaging design, totally forgot that. So I think a lot of things played in part, and just serendipitously, I ended up there. Um, and just it just fell in my, it just happened. I didn't pursue it. So, yeah. And then I've within Mattel, I've gone before my new role. I've traversed every single type of play pattern. So that means like it's like a play pattern. Basically, it's like if it's a die-cast car, like Hot Wheels or a fashion doll. It's just the way the children will play with it more or less it's just the means it's um so i've done and i've done a lot in properties every type of disney property manageable i did a little bit of barbie some ips and games and then i ended up here is that did i cover enough yeah yeah so and so when you got to mattel i saw that you went from kind of graphic designer to art director to your current role and so i guess yeah what did that look like or how did you kind of uh ascend throughout that organization over time i think for me there's my, I think it, it falls back on my personal ethos or my person, personal like mantra. Cause there's two things I always, um, rely on for me, ever since I can remember, I've always had this genuine curiosity that I'm not just, even though I'm in a certain role, I'm just going to look beyond. I want to see what's, how I can evolve this. Um, so I've always just was very open and, and just wanting to explore. So when I would have a role, it's like, what else can I do? What more can I do? Or even in my role, just when, even doing mood, simple mood boards, like something simple like that, just how I would bring a little more d different level, bring a different level to it. Um, and I think it was just this zest of just not being complacent that helped. And then, yeah, cause I remember even too, I would send into some roles, I would end up taking more work and I think that helped. And then also on top of that, I just know another thing is that the more opportunities and different opportunities, even though it might not be a part of the, my straight path, uh, it helps make me more of a, um, a fuller understanding of what the organization's like. So I think that helped. And also even going beyond my personal ethos, I, one thing is, you know, mentors are so key. And a lot of times people are like, oh, it's good to have like design mentors. But for me, with an special organization that has 31,000 employees worldwide and multiple verticals, I, you know, one of my favorite, one of my closest mentors and best mentors that helped was at a really integral time in my career. She was in procurement. So, right. yeah, so, but also, yeah, so that helped. And then just connecting with more people outside the design entity, understanding the organization a little better and just 
building that tribe and understanding, um, you know, if you have to have this type of, you have this type of issue, maybe illegal, which per, I'm still figuring that out. But um, if you have quite, like knowing who to go to, because there's so many levels. So, yeah, I imagine that's just kind of a consistent challenge navigating the politics of the dynamics of such a large company and just to accomplish good work. And then also just to kind of, you know, figure out how to make the biggest impact as well and for your, the company and your career. Totally. Yes. No, it's, 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 you know, we always say it's about who, you know, but it's also about who knows you. And then also I think it's just knowing, have a better understanding as a full, like, is yeah, I'm not going to attack a problem on a project unless I fully know this, understand the strategy. So if you don't fully understand how your organization works, how, you know, I think that only helps you become a better designer, better art director or whatever, you know, person you are in that, in the corporation. So nice. And so you went from art director, which is kind of like a, a clear and a traditionally defined role in a company to this new role you have that, like you said, doesn't even have a title and you've just kind of evolved into it. And so I'm curious, you know, how that how did that even come to be or how did you decide that this was a need that needed to be filled or what, what did that look like? I think it's multi, I think it's, you could, there's multiple components to this answer. Um, I about soon after I came back from how last year, I, you know, we always as designers or anybody in your career, you know, there's going to be that question that comes up. It's like, what's next? Um, you know, we leave art school, we leave college or whatever our program is with the tools that'll help us accelerate into our career to a certain point. And then we take it from there. We evolve it, ideate, but then regardless, like maybe some people, I'm not going to say it's all cookie cutter, but more times than not, you'll hear, oh my God, how am I going to get the next level? What's next? And, and I think, especially in the design industry now with its designs, so evol is evolving so much faster than it ever has in any generation with the, you know, over the years with Silicon Valley coming into play and then just having more of the hyphens, hyphen designers coming in. I think that for me, I was like always questioning or always just keeping my mind open to that. So when, anyways, so when I came back from how I hit that, what, what's next moment. Um, and I think fortunately besides Mattel, I got to a point prior, like a couple of years ago, I was looking beyond and of course, but looking for more inspiration, just connecting more with more creative. So there's a couple of things I did. I went out and I got really, I got reconnected with the AIGA in Los Angeles. Um, I ended up coming on their board and working on events. And then internally at Mattel for about five years, between 2009, and 2014, we had no outside creatives come in. I don't know the reason, so I can't <laughs> elaborate on that. But me and a, a coworker actually decided we we let's remedy this. So we co-founded um, co the first um, internal speaker series for bringing in outside creatives, be it fountain designers to branding, um, and we've grown it from quarterly events to now we have by um, every two weeks or so we have an event and we're bringing we have actually a budget our COO sponsors it so but also too we're able to bring amazing creatives and so like Debbie Millman came in Brian Singer came in um, two weeks ago Leela Mashmeyer of Chobani came in so we're able to leverage more and I think for me the way I I look at connections and I try even though it's like person but it's like how can I connect in the organization how can that solve something like we had um, this bit the a local LA band come in called named Yacht and they're talking about they're just amazing like not just musicians but all of a sudden I'm like wait a minute I'm just somehow things just very serendipitously happen like figuring things out and, and um like for what they said in their talk they actually are doing this amazing project by looking back at some old um sculpture in, in LA and trying to bring it back into modern day I'm like wait a minute that's 
we should do that Mattel. Like we have such a catalog. So little things, little nuggets. And I think anyways, I'm rambling a little bit, but there's an end to it. I think all these different components put together. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to help the culture. So this opportunity came up where my role actually about five, six years ago, my company had this thing called the, the, I guess a learning lounge, which is like a genius bar. So people can go up and learn about hard skills. Like if instead of paying thousands of dollars for a certain class on a program, canceling it, losing the money, they can go up there. The person who had it before me had a certain evolved a little bit more, but what I'm doing now, I'm expanding it and it's taking another direction and like we're rebranding and all. Um, so fortunately, I think it's just people, I surrounded myself with the right people. I planted the seeds, but then also if it weren't for certain like two key individuals, one of which was my boss, my current boss, um, I wouldn't be where my role is. So it's just, it was a lot of just timing what my passion was and what people seeing my f- strengths. That's how it happened. That's amazing. So it sounds almost like you're facilitating this just whole creative curriculum and education within the Mattel. Is that kind of like a... Yeah, I'm a part of it. Let's okay, say yeah, I'm a yeah. part of it. Um, I'm bringing the more of the creative side in because you know, I'm the lone creative in the HR. So I'm able to, and fortunately they're very the head of global learning and development is very open-minded to everything. I think we can just push it to a different level of not just the traditional, let's go into um, a lecture hall or just have somebody, a two day session where you're just in like the usual rows of desks and all where it's as creative as or anybody. I think this day and age, we don't have time or my brain capacity is not there. So we need something that's uh, impactful. So finding different ways to address that and make it fun. So as much as we could be fun for teaching. So, yeah. And so I know within like a corporate environment with a big company, like you mentioned, there's obviously inherent challenges of just, you know, making change, you know, dealing with just kind of like the corporate environment. And so how does, how do you balance, I guess, like the corporate environment with the creative environment? Cause I imagine that's a consistent challenge in this role for you. Actually, I don't even think of it. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, you, I think when it comes down to it, it's like, how can we do it? Especially in any corporation, you're always thinking about your budgets. I think that's where, it, for me, it comes into play. It's like, how can we figure ways that were unique and impactful? And how can we leverage it where it's cost effective, too, I think? So, because you know, these types of classes, if you bring outside um, people, that's where it could be cost uh, could could be really costly so it's just trying to find, but also find the right people too that works for our connects with our corporate like corporate structure not structure but sort of the mentality so I think that's one thing especially the budget <laughs> um, I don't I, I beyond that I really haven't thought about it because I think we're sort of a new world order and having the right the organization I'm in they're just like let's try it it's like bringing mindful like a lot of companies you know up in Silicon Valley are doing all this but mindfulness classes we've never done that in our company um so like just taking more because we're a very traditional fortune 500 company that's been around for 72 years that wants to evolve so i think we're very it, when it comes to the corporate side you know it might pop up i don't think about that when it does it we address it so yeah, yeah. yeah. but i think it's at the end of the day it's like just go with i just go with my gut and we just try it because in a way to affect change and create impact you just have you might have to get your wrist slapped a little bit but you have to go out there so yeah and i imagine just some with especially with launching something new like this you're just learning along the way seeing what works and kind of building onto that yeah and making sure you know if we we go down the wrong path and people are like oh that wasn't good we learn from that and then work with the people and try to and find partnerships too i think especially um finding the right people in the organization for partnerships like for example we deal with with a lot of events as i mentioned 
and teaming up with facilities and working with them and trying to figure out how we could be cost effective, how, you know, and working that way, just the partnerships has been in this organization has been very beneficial. So. And so for other companies who are trying to do some sort of similar initiative where maybe they're trying to foster more creativity among their organization or create more education like that, um, you know, what is like some of the first steps that they can take to actually kind of implementing something like this within their company? Um, reach out to other companies too. If you see somebody, if there's a company that you like what they're doing or you know somebody there and that you know they're like much more creative, just talk to them, like leverage that. At the core of anybody, for the most part, people want to help other people. Um, they'll definitely tell you, but they can't say that much, but do that. Like I know people, um, friends of mine work at IBM and they work a part, they're part of like the, the boot camp. So I reached out to them like, Hey, can me and my boss come down and just like sit in on it? And they, they allowed us to, um, I have people at other companies up in the North in Silicon Valley and I'm working on, you know, I'm asking them questions and they're open as much as they can. So it's like people have, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. There's other things out there, see what they've done, adjust it to your corporate culture. Um, and you know, you take the nuggets and run with it because every corporate culture is different, but yet you don't, there's already some other things out there. I think that's one thing. Um, and then just connect to outside creative communities. AIGA, I will sing that it under Julianne Exter as our executive director is going in an amazing direction. So team up with your local chapter because there are there is an in-house steering committee at the national level. Um, some chapters have really strong in-house initiatives in their um, organization. So I think that's also helpful too because um, there are no other design advocates and creativity advocates. And just beyond that, just look outside, just see what's going on in your community from creative mornings to even the local, I, I'm just trying to think colleges. Like in LA, I'm so lucky. I have CalArts, I have Art Center, UCLA, USC, and there's always different things going on. I know like US, CalArts right now, they're finishing up their speaker series. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Um, and then we even have like other organizations such as like Zocalo Square, which is more cultural, but still it, there's still some great, like you can find inspiration, creative inspiration anywhere. So and it seems like just getting involved in all those organizations, um, you know, like AIGA and all these universities, everything you mentioned, has that been really impactful in helping grow your own career as well? Or, um, I will have to say if it weren't for AIGA, um, I don't think I'd be where I am today. It's definitely helped me. Um, it's definitely offered me that family or that tribe um, and supportive too. Um, my corporate people, in my company have been very supportive, but also too, you, you can't always depend on your, your uh, immediate family for everything. You have to have your um, external like friends, tribes. So it's been very beneficial and it's opened up my eyes to a lot more. And um, yeah, I think that's been very beneficial. If anything, I'll say that. Any advice for other people who are building up their career and on their journey and just trying to, to figure out their path right now? I would say, okay, I, I don't know if I can list off numbers, but I'll, just, I'll say a few things. And I, just from what I've had, I've seen, um, it's all going to happen. Just don't be anxious. I know when I left college, I was like, oh, I want to do this X, Y, and Z. I want to do it, but it's all going to be there. Just plan it strategize it and manifest it. It all will come through as long as you, and then also to um, talk to people, talk to people you respect. And, you know, at the end of the day, if it comes across as genuine, you're just the genuine curiosity, like reaching out to some people who knows what will happen. And I think that people will read through, if it's like fake, people will read through it. So just read, if you want to talk to your idol, if you can get a hold of their email, find a way, connect through their website, try it. Just do it. I think finding those mentors who then some people will turn to your advocates is very key. And just never just 
maintain that curiosity. Do not allow your curiosity to be squelched by corporations or anything else. Um, I think that's the one thing is you need to con consistently evolve as a creative. Um, unless, you know, some pro people are just like, I just want to do this. Everybody has their prerogative, but at the end of the day, as creatives, I think by nature, we want to evolve. We are always We're always curious to find the solve. So continuously allow yourself to learn and also leverage if you're in-house, in look into what they have for um, education compensation, it's especially if you don't have like, if there's classes you want to take at a local university in their art department or business department, whatever you feel like it will benefit you, look to see what they, can, they allow you to do. So that's key too <laughs> for in-house. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Well, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, you've had tons of amazing insights here. Uh, for anyone that wants to find out more about you or find you online, where should they go to? I wish I could see my website. I am redoing my website. <laughs> um, just reach out to me um, either through, um, I think just probably um, my LinkedIn is probably the best thing right now. Or um, I am on Instagram and also Twitter at Bandu Can Do. That's another way you can reach out to me too. Awesome. So. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Vanessa. This was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate this. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find links and show notes from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com.